Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. So, Derek, it's been a busy week, for me anyway. Um, just getting a whole bunch of stuff done around the house, doing our the windstorm there. All our leaves are down. <laughs> well, I noticed that uh, out front, there's no leaves, and all the leaves seem to have piled up down the street about two feet deep. Well, Is that where uh, your leaves ended up? They, a lot of them did. <laughs> I pile, <laughs> I raked them all because we have that tree right in the middle yeah. of the, at the front, right? Yeah. So I raked all the lawn. I raked all, made a massive pile there. And then as you're trying to put them into the bags, the wind's still swirling. Oh. So off they go. <laughs> so I'm figuring maybe if I just throw them in the air. They'll just end up somewhere else. They'll just else. end up on somebody else's lawn. And it just sucks to be those people down at the end of the street. <laughs> Next year, it'll be sucky that the people are at the other end of the street. Because, you know, if, unless you live on an end of the street, everything's not going to just... Yeah, you're middle of the block, so yeah. it'll, it's it's somebody else's lawn that's always going to end up on. My mom told me that I should share. <laughs> so I've got plenty of leaves to go around. You're so giving. So I'm sharing with those people, and then I'm sharing with those people. And then we got the main drag out in front of our house, so I'm sharing with the cars and the trucks that go by. Yeah. I'm just a giving guy, man. Awesome. I'm just that that kind of guy. <laughs> just a little bit for everybody. Yeah. And before you leave tonight, grab a bag. <laughs> take <laughs> some leaves. You. Yeah. Throw them on your lawn. <laughs> throw them on your neighbor. Whatever. I'm good with that. And just yeah, I'm just that kind of guy. <laughs> so, um, what else is going? On? Oh, uh, this Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> uh, we are supposed to go stand up paddle boarding with Warren King from Mackay Paddle Surf. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we've been trying to get out with him for a while and schedules haven't sort of meshed, but we just sort of said, listen, it's the end of the season here. It's going to be a bit chilly. We got to do this now. Yes. And uh, yeah, so this Sunday. We're going to play by ear by the time we go out. I told them I'm good from sun up till early afternoon. Yeah. So we'll go out and check it out and hopefully we don't drown. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we won't drown. Well, we hopefully just, we don't die. The hypothermia might be a problem, but we're not going to drown. Well, you stand up paddleboarding. We're not, not going five miles out into the Great Lakes, right? Yeah. We're only going two. <laughs> so we, got, we, we got a bit of a chance to make it back. Uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. I'll bring out the GoPro and do a little bit of video and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be good. Got the phone and uh, do some stuff and a couple pictures and whatnot and see how it all turns out. But uh, I've been uh, wanting to do this for, well, for the last year and some, and it's just not worked out yet, but now it's going to work out. And it we're would have been there. so much more convenient and nice if we could have done it in warm weather. Warm weather. Just saying. Warm weather is for saying. chumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chumps. <laughs> Wussy. What's wrong with cold water, buddy? No, oh, no, nothing really wrong with cold weather. Water. It's just uh, too many days in the pool. It's detrimental I to my health. I was in the pool. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get out there and we'll do that. Uh, I'm not sure if we are going to do it on down at Rotary Park in Ajax or Frenchman's Bay. Where's the warmest water? Right at the end of the nuclear plant in Frenchman's <laughs> Bay. <laughs> well, this is true. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. I don't feel Catch like somebody peed in the water. <laughs> hey, who peed in the lake? Why is there a warm spot here? Derek. Got my wetsuit hanging over there. Ready to go. I haven't really figured out what I'm going to wear yet, but I figure I'm just going to wear... Just don't go nude again. <laughs> no one wants to see here. that. No one wants to do that. I'll probably just put on a... Uh, Bow tie. 
I figure a, a three mil wetsuit with clothes over top and a wind, you know, something to break the wind and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, something that can get wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. Put a pair of, put a Speedo, a Speedo over my wetsuit. That'll <laughs> 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 look fantastic. I, and maybe a tarp or something for my my seat in my car. And <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to get wet. Oh, I think that's part of the deal is you get wet, at least from the knees down. Yeah. Uh, I'm hopefully not going in. Yeah, with luck, no submersion. Yeah. Uh, I have never, knock on wood, tipped a canoe. Yeah. I have never, knock on wood, flipped a kayak. Yeah. I have never, that's it. Because <laughs> a raft I've gone over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so this will be a first for paddleboarding. And hey, if you're going to start stand-up paddleboarding, you might as well do it when you don't want to go in the water. Just <laughs> look at it as, as extra incentive not, not to, to fall off. Exactly. Right? A so. lot fewer chances will be taken. Yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you see that now. But once you get out there, you get that little bit of confidence yeah. going. Here, hold my beer. Here, hold my beer. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if the the waves start picking up out on the lake, maybe we'll go out and do some surfing. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, ain't going to happen. Surfing, I'd try that. Surfing hurts. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I know this. So that's this Sunday we're going to be going. So we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about it next week. Yeah. All uh, weather going well and everything like that. Uh, he says, I guess he's got an app or something like that, that he checks out hourly with the waves and everything. Are going oh, to the okay. Lake, so. Cool. Uh, But I imagine we're going to be in sheltered areas anyways. We're not going to be getting out onto the lake proper itself. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we are on the lake proper, it'll be close to shore, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But there's enough sheltered areas to get in and out, so Mm -hmm. that's cool. What else? New Year's. You're still hemming and hawing about going up to Mew Lake camping, winter camping? I haven't decided yet. Like, I'm I'm trying to get my dad to come up from New Brunswick to stay with us over Christmas. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, see, so bring him up. Yeah, he's not that mobile. He would sleep. not sleep in a tent. Really? Yeah. How do you know? Have you asked him? <laughs> <laughs> you told him? I'm aware of his mobility. Dude, lay there, sleep. Work. Yeah. <laughs> see that sleeping bag? That's your home. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so you don't know what you're doing until you find out from... Yeah, I, not until I find out exactly who's going where. Right. Now we got the uh, winter tent trace in our heading up. We're going to go and uh, join everybody that's up uh, in Algonquin there and have a good uh, few days up there. Yeah. And grab one of the non-reservables. And yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it, it, as a last minute thing, that's probably what I do is uh, if uh, if I do have the time, if I can get away, then uh, I'll just do a non-reservable. I'll get up. I'm off that time anyways, so I'm not working. So right. I'll, just, uh, I'll just head up and grab what I can grab. Yeah. That's all it takes, man. Mm-hmm. Now, I know last year it was pretty packed. Yes. You know, so I, I got to think this year it's going to be as well. Oh, yeah. Well, there's no, you can't reserve any more sites. They're, they're all, everything's booked except oh, yeah. for the non-reservables. But uh, if I get up there early enough, I should be able to grab a non-reservable and. Or just give a shout. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to be up there, I just down your site. Yeah. And what else? Winter Camping Symposium is coming out and it's sold out. Yes. Yes. The Winter Camping Symposium. And uh, who did not get a ticket? <laughs> I got one. John Van Berger. John Van Berger. John Van Berger didn't yeah. get a ticket yet, but we're, we're looking for one for him. <laughs> if he was planning on coming up here. Well, he wasn't why sure. Why didn't he buy a ticket? He wasn't sure. It was only 15 bucks. That's not a big loss if he bought one and didn't go. 
Yeah, fifteen bucks and fifteen. <laughs> bu- well, fifteen bucks Canadian, so that's what three dollars American. He, he got his tickets to the concert. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, he's li- he's been listening to all our episodes. I guess he missed out on a few there, but uh, I think he said he's caught up now. Yes, he's he's totally caught up. Yeah. He's listened to all the episodes where we talked about him and the outdoor kind and uh, yes. the Yukon journey and everything like that. So he's quite happy with that. And yeah, he's, he's hoping to come up for the winter camping symposium and check it out. And then he's got a concert in Toronto there. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, the 24th of November. And if you are going to the camping symposium, the winter camping symposium, we will be there. And what will we be wearing? Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. You look stunned. You look, well, like, I don't know, what am I wearing? Like, uh, a a are suit we, and tie? Are we uh, talking like a Borat bathing suit? Like, tuxedos? Uh, yeah. uh, nothing? <laughs> what, do, what do I not know here? Oh, those are the guys from Paddling Adventures Radio because they're nude. <laughs> I felt like a deer in the headlights for a second. there. It's like, what is he talking about? No, we have some brand new t-shirts. We do. Paddling Adventures Radio t-shirts. Yeah, uh, we I'm got a couple of those. I'm pretty about them. They look pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah. I've, 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 uh, people that have seen them so far have thought they were mm-hmm. pretty good looking. Yeah. So uh, we just definitely have to double check the sizing on these things because. They are. Uh, they're a good quality shirt. But they're, they're good quality, but the That's with anything, your sizes are different. The sizes with. are off. I mean, I wear a large in this type of t-shirt, but yeah. it's an extra large in that type of t-shirt. Yeah. So. Hmm. Just get my fat ass in one of them. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we got those. We'll be wearing those. So you will see us in our stonewashed blue t-shirts that say <laughs> Paddling Adventures Radio, the podcast on them. Check us out because we should probably be the only two wearing. Oh, I got to give one to uh, Scott, man camping. Oh, yes, yes. He'll yes. have his booth yeah. there. And I told him I, I would give him one of those. Yeah. I'll make him wear it too. At the show. I'll make him wear it at the show. Yeah. Shoot <laughs> the man camping booth and he's going to be wearing it at the show. I'll make him. Dude, wear it or you're not getting it. There you go. So, yeah. So, you'll see us with those. And if you do happen to see us, come on up and say hello to us. And maybe we'll even give you a sticker. Mm-hmm. Because we got stickers, too. Yes. This is like everything How we're getting lately. How exciting is that? We got stickers. When are we getting the coffee cups? Coffee cups? We got beer cozies. I, I need a coffee cup for work. Oh, do you? Yeah. We should Paddling get, Adventures we should Radio some... coffee cup? Yeah. Oh, we could do that. Yeah, that'd be neat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, beer glass. Paddling Adventures Radio beer glasses. Oh, that'd be cool. Wouldn't that be something? That would be. Yeah, maybe I should get some big magnets for the side of the truck too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get a business vehicle. <laughs> yeah, to I'm writing right it off now, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting a giant Hummer or something like that. Yeah, it's, my, it's our Paddling Adventures Radio Hummer. Yeah. Yeah. Big semi truck with all our canoes and kayaks and go. everything else in the back. Oh, that's going to be great. Mobile recording studio. Yeah, see? There you go, buddy. We're, now we're thinking. Uh, so, yeah, if you see us wearing our new T-shirts up at the uh, Winter Camping Symposium in Windsor and uh, on the 24th of November, come and see us. Yes. Just to, hey. Stop we, by, say hi. We know who you guys are. We'll be wandering aimlessly. Yeah. And, Whatnot. So I won't have any excuse for being shocked that somebody recognizes me because, because I'll have you'll be the t-shirt. wearing the t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> you got no excuse now, buddy. And we posted some pictures uh, of Yukon Steve and the gifts he brought us yes. on Facebook. Yes. And um, somebody laid a comment out. Uh, do I have it here? The uh, comment about. 
he would gladly buy me a beer uh, if we came to visit. Okay. But because he's been listening to all our podcasts. Yeah. And he says he's he seems to be caught up. He's listening to our podcasts on the way into work, and he works in the financial district. No way. Of London, England. <laughs> <laughs> Not the London I was, I was thinking of. on the Thames. Yeah. So he says, yeah, I'd gladly buy you a beer if you're daft enough to come here. <laughs> to which I said, let me check with the wife. <laughs> yes. Let me check my yeah. schedule. Yeah. You know what? She probably wouldn't have a problem with me going, but I'd have to bring her along as well. And uh, Makes you, you wonder know. how people, like, for example, London, England, how would they come across our podcast? <sighs> How does somebody up in the Yukon do? Yeah. Anyway, that's Simon Upton. He's uh, he, he left that little message. I uh, love your podcast. They keep me company on my commute into the city, finance sector of London, England. Uh, I'd buy you a beer too if you were daft enough to come over. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk to the wife. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of people are finding the podcast. We are on Spotify now. How did that happen? I put us there. Oh, you did it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I said, oh, podcasts for, oh, oh, look at this. And I just followed the dots. And because we originally loaded it on, on iTunes, and yeah. then it just showed up all by itself. Yeah, on, I think uh, iTunes spawns at places, and people yeah. steal podcasts from iTunes, like the links to yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I, I don't know how all that funky mumbo jumbo <laughs> works. I just know I throw it, it up happens. there, and it just happens. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I was on... I, I've had Spotify on, uh, so you can listen to stuff. Yeah. But I've never been able to figure out how to get podcasts. Cause every time I go to put something up there, it says, okay, well, what's your music? And I, I don't want music. I want podcast. So finally I found this, um, Spotify for podcasters and it's a beta version thing. Oh, okay. So I followed the links yeah. and did all that sort of stuff and doodly doodly do. One thing led to another. And now we've got like. In one day, we've got like eight subscribers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've heard back from a few people about uh, Spotify and, and they're excited that we're on it. It's like, really? Mm-hmm. Well, for one, I, I don't even, I barely even know. I know that Spotify exists. I know it's a, it's a music streaming service. Yeah. I didn't, I had no idea that you could, uh, you could uh, do podcasts on it. Yeah. Neither did I. And so. I put a little link on our Instagram saying, hey, look, I did a little, little uh, screenshot of our our, our uh, Spotify page. Oh, okay. And some modeling company said, you go girl. <laughs> <laughs> what? I just had to check, make sure I didn't have boobs. Uh, <laughs> I, I know I may be a few pounds overweight, but I didn't think I was that much overweight. <laughs> you go girl. All right. You go girl. All right. <laughs> Preaching to the choir, sister. Man boobs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Changing my name to Shauna Derekina. <laughs> so yeah, so we're on uh, we're on Spotify now. Yeah. And what else? Oh, paddling season's over for a lot of people now because it is the eighth of December, and it's darn cold. Did you do the fifth of December thing? What? Remember, remember the fifth no, of November. November. You're a month ahead. Am I saying December? Did I yeah. just say December? You said December several times. Oh. No, I'm just <laughs> trying to get close to the end of the camping season, right? No, Sorry, I, November. I, yeah, I 8th of November. I didn't do, get to do Guy Fox Day. No. Oh. I, I used to do it all the time with a buddy of mine, Peter, and he used to have a big bonfire every year in his back 40s. He's got a big farm up in oh, near Omimi, or is it Cavan? Near Cavan. Cavan. So he, has, he usually has a big uh, bonfire, but we weren't able to go, and 
So it's but it's a it's a it's a it's a good time. He has yeah. lots of people up, huge fire, and yeah. eh, it's just a an excuse to have a fire. In exactly. There. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, the eighth of today's the eighth of November. There you go. Are you doing the Movember thing? No. No, because you're you got a bald face again. Yeah. And so yeah, paddling season's over for a lot of people, which makes me wonder: Are gym memberships up this month? Are people renewing? Oh. Because, you know, now they got to get in shape, stay in shape over the winter, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. So November, if everybody put, because I've seen a lot of people over the last week saying, my stuff's been put away, it's end of paddling season. What am I going to do? Yeah. So I'm thinking end of October, everything gets put away. Yeah. Beginning of November, everybody heads back to the gym for the winter. Exactly. It's like a backwards hibernation thing. <laughs> so yeah, everybody's everybody's over at the gym now and memberships are going up. Yeah. All the, 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 the gyms out there are all happy because people are coming back and they're, oh, welcome back. Have a burger. <laughs> <laughs> Bad up for winter. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the donut shop next door to recuperate from my workout <laughs> give me a couple of donuts for the walk home uh what else oh so i was coming across this this video that i saw this is what i want to talk about today one of the one of the okay. things i want to talk about today came across this video called before the spill yes it's on vimeo so it it, it all ties into a whole bunch of things that have been happening lately and it really makes you wonder. I am getting, I don't want to say I'm stressed out about it. I don't want to say I'm depressed about it. But I am tired of every day being hammered with climate change and environmental problems. Yeah. And the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And we got all these problems and no one's fixing them and it, it gets really, really tiring. Mm -hmm. And I came across this one. I'm thinking, okay, well, this is just another one to go Another the, the sky's falling. Yeah. And... It's a video called Before the Spill. And just, uh, so I, I watched it knowing exactly what they're going to be talking about. There's this thing called Line 5. And it's an oil pipeline that runs from Superior, Wisconsin to Sarnia, Ontario. Yes. 1,038 kilometers long. Mm-hmm. Okay. 23 million liters. Gallons. 23 gallons? million gallons, gallons a day. of oil goes yes. through this a day. Which is an incredible amount. Yeah. It's it, it what it's in a now you said you how many how many kilometers you said it was one thousand and thirty eight so that's just through the states the just, rest of it's in the that, Canada yeah uh, that's yeah that's just that one part that, that one goes part through the that states. goes through yeah. Michigan and stuff yeah so it's owned by Enbridge yeah which is out of Calgary built in nineteen fifty three was supposed to last about fifty years so that was like fifteen years ago. So it's 15 years past its expiration yes. date. Yes. So think about the milk in your fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's due to be changed. It's old, deteriorating, damaged, unsupported in spots. Uh, now there's a 4.5 uh, mile section that goes 
through the Mackinac, the Strait, uh, Mackinac Strait? Mackinac Strait. Mackinac Strait. But don't spell it by, don't use phonics to spell Mackinac. Yeah, because there's a C on the end. Why does yeah. Mackinac it, it, have it, a C on it the looks end? Mackinac. Like, it looks like Mackinac, but everybody yeah. pronounces it Mackinac. I have no idea why. Knick-knack, paddywhack, gets yeah. Mackinac. Uh, so Mackinac Strait, they're underwater. Mm-hmm. So they put this thing in 1953 at the bottom of, now the strait is right between the top of Lake Huron yes. and Lake Michigan. Yes. So this goes right under water. So for four, four, four and a half miles. Yes. They found damage to it, which they believe was from a ship's anchor. Yeah. So there's a ship's anchor. There's areas where the outer anti-rust coating has been chipped and peeled off. There's, yeah. They can see sections where it's beginning to shift just naturally from the heavy currents. And there's areas where it's being undercut due to currents, so it's un, it's unsupported and suspended above the bottom. Uh, there's areas where the suspension, uh, the mounting and suspensions itself are starting to disintegrate and fall, so it's starting to sag in areas. So it's, well, this thing's been down there for 65 years. This is an old, old pipeline. Very now, old. Now, think about how old the pipeline is, plus think about the, so standards have changed. So the standards were a lot weaker back then. Mm-hmm. Um, con- engineering techniques were not as robust as they are now. Uh, this thing was designed for a 50-year lifespan, and so it's it, you know it's 15 years past its expiry date. Well, they were saying approximately 50 years. Yeah, so meaning that, if yeah. they're lucky, it's going to make it 50 years. Yeah, and they were lucky that it's 65 now. Yeah, and, but it just seems like it seems like it's a a risky thing to keep it in service, and I, and I don't know what they're waiting for are they waiting for it to burst they're waiting for an accident i have no idea well between uh superior wisconsin and the strait yeah it it crosses 400 bodies of water yes so So lakes streams streams, rivers river all that sort of stuff no big pipe no yeah no yeah (laughs) right out in the ocean so anywhere it decides well i've had enough i'm gonna blow open here yeah and they have had They've had minor leaks, leaks splits and, stuff, and yeah. cracks and stuff like that they've had to repair. Uh, I can't remember the year, but they said something along the lines of 77,000 liters oozed mm-hmm. out before they discovered where it was. So this is definitely a problem. Yeah. And you start thinking about all these bodies of water and how many recreational paddlers use these lakes, these rivers, streams. And that's how it comes back to us. <laughs> that's how it comes back. Well, and that's, that's sort of why I, 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 was, yes. I was just going to sort of whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, well, you know what? Because Can't generally really whatever this one, because this, this would actually affect. Actually if, would affect the yeah. paddling community. Now there was a fella. Now, there, like I said, if you watch this film, you'll actually see the, this guy in the film. He has done hundreds of computer stimulations. Yes. If this pipe were to break underwater in the Mackinac Strait, he has shown, depending, and he says it depends on the day, what damage it will do. Because exactly. of the, the prevailing time of year, winds, the, the prevailing winds, yeah, and, yeah, all that. But he, he does these little um, simulations and it's showing like, all of a sudden it's like moving back and forth and, and co- co- oh man, you should see like 450 miles of coast 
on yeah. the Great Lakes. Well, it, and it's a, it's a pristine area. It's a the the area is like very popular with uh, paddling tourism. So yep. uh, it it you can see how it would be have a huge effect. Like you know, not ignoring the the wildlife and the you know the locals' uh, way of life for fishing and and whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, just kind of trying to keep it on our topic is is the paddling community would be uh, this would here. The, a large, very large expanse of paddling, paddling tourism industry would be would have to shut down overnight just because of of the oil. You, spill. Could, you couldn't get into the shore. No, you couldn't launch anywhere. No, the oil that's on the water itself would the, shut down. Both stench would be yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, you start looking at these these little simulations he's doing, and the top of here, the top of Huron, or the top of of um, Michigan are just going to be toasted. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean for paddling and mm-hmm. you, you look at the area and, and there's like the paddle boarders, kayakers, they're out of an area now. Yes. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of green space when you start looking at the maps, that's a lot of green space, wildlife yeah. and, and everything and up exactly. through their parks and stuff that are going to be toasted. Yes. So like uh, people... You know, using recreationally using the area that that kind of stuff I suppose would recover fairly quickly, but the the flora fauna, the you know the the waterfowl, the fish, and so that 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 would take years to recover the, yeah. from a major spill in this area. And you know, I think what makes it worse is the fact that it's fresh water. Salt water would uh, break down the oil a little bit quicker, plus the 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 stronger action of like an ocean going environment. So this could this could affect the area for like years. Definitely. And it is a massive freshwater source of water for, well, Michigan. Drinking water. Right. Drinking water. Yeah. Yeah. So there, one of the things when you go out paddling is, you know, you're going along the coast and you're looking at the trees, you're looking at the the stuff along the shoreline and all. Yeah. All you're going to see is oil. Yeah. So it, uh, it just kind of baffles me that, uh, with the condition that it's in there, it's, uh, it's corroding, it's bending, it's sagging. It's, you can see where there's actual physical damage to it from, from various incidents or events. And it's, you know, 15 years past this expected lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's like, and they're still, and they're still pumping 23 million gallons a day through it. If you watch this video, like I say, it's called before the spill, you yep. can find it on Vimeo, especially the last few minutes of it. It really sounds very anti-Canadian. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it goes to Michigan. It's, yeah. it's, they, they don't receive any benefit other than the fact no. that, that Enbridge, uh, leases the land that it runs over. Yeah. So it's minimal. And so it's, there's the mission, people from Michigan don't really gain from it. No. It's just there, but they will feel the full brunt of whatever happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, again, they're saying it's not a matter of if, it's going to happen, but when? Yeah, and that's what they're saying now because it's so old; it's in such bad shape. It's uh, it's be way beyond its expiry date. Yeah, and, and they still use it at a very high rate, high capacity. Well, there's groups in Michigan that say it should be shut down and it should be shut down now. And the the governor Rick Snyder, uh, he's been a big supporter of this tunnel that they're talking about building, and they've just uh, agreed recently with Ambridge to build this tunnel. Yes. Which will go under the strait of Mackinac. 
Um, but they're, they're talking that they'll, this tunnel will also carry propane and other stuff as well. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a hydro corridor. It's going to supply propane to areas of Michigan that wouldn't, wouldn't normally have access to that type of stuff. So he's selling it as a, it's a bonus. It's a boon. Enbridge is going to pay for the construction and Michigan will benefit from it. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. All this, you know, so He's all, yep, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And everybody's like, you know, it's it's going to take f- seven to ten years to build this tunnel. 350 to $500 million. Yes, yeah. So if it takes money. seven to ten years, that's seven to ten yeah. years that line five is still pumping oil. Yeah. So that's seven to ten years of potential kablooey. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you're talking some serious damage to now, the environment. yeah. Republican Bill Shewitt, he's also all for this tu- this tunnel, saying if I become the next governor, this is a beautiful thing. It's already been done. It's already in the works. I'll support this. That sort of deal. Democrat Gretchen Whitmer says I'm all in favor for shutting this down. <laughs> Pull the plug on the tunnel. Everything. Get them out of here. Let them take their oil elsewhere. Whatever. So the midterm. Guess who won the election the other day? <laughs> so the midterms are done. Who won, Sean? Gretchen. So if she follows up on her commitment, then mm-hmm. it sounds like she's going to have this thing shut down. However, yes. that just pulls the old, well, we've already had an agreement. So let's go to court. Yes. And how long is yep. it going to last in court? Oh, years. Yeah. yeah. So... It comes to the point then, do you take it to court for the next 20 years or you just say, build the thing, hurry up, get it done because it'll be done before the court case is done. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's going to be really interesting to to see what happens. So they do this little uh, thing on here, you know, not trying to do a doom and gloom thing and, but the consequences of a line five failure. I mean, they're right. It could be catastrophic. To better understand the potential impact of a spill, it's important to see the best worst case scenarios and everything in between. The Great Lakes supply drinking water to 40 million people. Oh, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Holy cow. Provides crucial habitat for a dozen endangered species. Supports a handful of multi-billion dollar industries. Contains 90% of the fresh surface water in the U.S. The worst possible place for an oil spill. Oh, yeah. I know, eh? Yeah. And, yeah, every day, 23 million gallons flow through it, risking 450 miles of shoreline, more than 100,000 acres of water. And, again, it's not if it's going to have a spill, but when. Yes, yeah, they're not talking probabilities. They're they're certain that this because of the age and the condition that they're it's almost guaranteed to fail at some point. Yeah. So like I say, when you start looking at all this, you got to start thinking what that's going to do to the paddling community if it happens. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. going to be it's going to be shut right down. Oh yeah. Up there. Yeah. And how far does it go? Because if if it spills according to these um, simulations the guys done, it's not like okay, well this is where it's going to go and stop. Yeah, yeah. It's going to keep spreading and spreading yes. and you got it right through all the Great Lakes eventually, right? Mm-hmm. You got to think that's what's going to happen. So anyway, that's, hmm. 
so yeah, I, I ran into that, and I'm just thinking, wow, that's that could be a major, I know, major <laughs> thing, right? So we'll have to keep an eye. On. I'll be interested to see if she, uh, as a new governor, what she uh, does. So anyway, uh, let's take a quick break here, and we come back. I want to talk about a couple of Canadian boys and what they're doing with a couple of canoes. They're going traveling. Super. Hi, this is Derek Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So I was uh, going through the internet there, just checking out some stuff. And this thing's come up on my site a couple of times. I don't know know why. My I saw it on Instagram and whatnot. Uh, there's a couple of guys. It's called The Weight We Carry. Uh, a couple of brothers. Sounds like they're out of uh, Vancouver. Okay. Founded, uh, the, the Weight We Carry is founded by Canadian brothers Kyle Roberts and Tom Schellenberg in January 2017. So they're fundraising. Um, their their big thing on the the top of their site is we are the people carrying canoes to the most unlikely places on earth in support of mental health organizations around the world. Okay. So it looks like they're getting a couple of canoes. Yeah. And they are going to portage these canoes. There's no water involved. It's just portage. Just portaging these two canoes. And raising funds for mental health. So apparently this is what they, they've done. They go through a whole history, which I'm not going to go through here, but about, you know, how involved they are in, in mental health and okay. how it's so important to them and, and raising funds for all these different things. And they've been into this thing for like forever uh, since they were young, you know, knowing mental health and helping people and all that sort of stuff, they get their their website and their Facebook page and and Instagram. It all goes into all of that. They, yeah, they, they've had a long history of doing this sort of stuff. And they decided, well, uh, the weight we carry is about fundraising on a global level, not just your like your local town sort okay. of thing. So they're looking for donations. And they're going to do this thing and, you know, says, with your help, we plan to support mental health organizations across the globe while enduring some of the most extreme landscapes on earth with a focus on the people and places affected by natural disasters. Okay. Okay. So they're, you know, it's, they're getting the mental health aspect with the natural disasters because that's a massive thing. You know, you go through, um, Earthquakes and typhoons, hurricanes, all that sort of stuff. You know, you you think about okay, well, what's going on? You've lost your house, you've lost your clothes, you've lost your like the food, the water, everything like that. But the, it plays a part, not just physical, but mental. Yes. Right? So this is what they're sort of what they're what they're going on. Uh, 
Together, you strive to carry mental health fundraising to new and uncharted heights. Mm-hmm. And they've decided they're going to try this new thing here. And what they're doing is they're working with a group in Nepal, Koshish. Koshish? Koshish. Koshish. It's a Nepal, uh, Nepal-founded and run non-government organization focusing on emergency and community-based mental health support. So what they want to do is raise money for a women's mental health transit center in Kathmandu, Nepal. Now, back in, was it 2015, there was a couple of massive earthquakes there. So there's your your natural disaster. Okay, I'm I'm starting to put the pieces together now. Yeah, so these guys, I guess they, did they have any other connection to the these uh, communities or anything? Nope. Is it, so nope. they just felt the need to do something to support. Help out and, and support. Help out. Yeah. And, the, and because of the earthquake in 2015? Yeah. So they, so they're, what they're doing is they're for the local area where they, they were hardest hit, it's a women's mental health transit center in Kathmandu. Right. Huh. So... Uh, what do they say here? The Mental Health Transit Center, Kathmandu, Nepal. At this center, Nepalese women suffering from mental illness and other psychological issues will receive short-term emergency care and professional mental health support from qualified psychologists, psychiatrists, and social workers. The center will provide a safe and respectful space for women to recover at their own pace with a general stay of three months until they are assisted to in reintegration with their family or community. When you support the the weight we carry, your money goes directly to supporting Nepalese women suffering, or people suffering from severe mental illness. So this is what they're doing, which is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. So I'm sitting there reading up on this and figure, well, what exactly are they going to do? They say they're going to carry these canoes. Okay, well, whatever. Follow us in our journey to carry canoes to Mount Everest Base Camp in support of mental health and help us reach our goal of raising $150,000 to build the Women's Mental Health Transit Center in Nepal. So they've got a couple of canoes and they're heading over to Nepal, to Kathmandu, and they are going to carry portage, portage. these canoes to Mount Everest Base Camp. That's pretty cool. People pay good money to do that as a holiday. It's, yes, it's very expensive. I think last year they said like 40,000 people did this. Oh. It's as close as you're going to get to Mount Everest without actually climbing, yes. right? Yes, yes. Uh, it's it's quite the hike. It's not that easy to do. You got your big pack on your back. It's not like you can stop at the local, you know, <laughs> no. Howard Johnson's no, or exactly. Holiday Inn sort yeah. of thing, right? Everest Base Camp Trek on the south side is the one of the most popular trekking routes in the Himalayas, visited by thousands of trekkers each year. Trekkers usually fly from Kathmandu to Lukla to save time and energy before beginning the trek up this base camp. Now, there's a, 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 a video, a 20-minute video on their website, uh, theweightwecarry.com. Okay. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Check out the video because back in 2017, they decided to do a, a dry run without canoes. Yeah. And they got their packs on and, and it just follows them through this, these 11 days it took them to get to, um, base camp. 
So they've already done the route and they've done it in 11 days. Do we know the distance, the overall distance of this route? They say they're going 200 kilometers. Okay. So I don't know if, because 11, because they're talking 33 days with the canoes. Yeah. As opposed to 11 days. Hmm. So if they've got their packs and a canoe, the canoes they're, they're taking are 30 pounds each. Yep. They are skin-on-frame canoes. Oh, so they had some custom-made canoes for this. Yes. Cape Falcon Kayaks, uh, they uh, major canoe sponsor for them. They custom-made these two, and they've built, donated two custom skin-on-frame canoes for their trip. Huh. So 30 pounds each. The reason they did the uh, skin-on-frame is because it lets the light through, so it's going to at times be below freezing. So that yeah. way the sun, when it's out, will shine through and yeah. heat it up a bit inside, right? So so that's what they're doing. Hmm. Um, what do they have here? Just let me uh, check this out here. Yeah, so they're, they're hoping to do it this January 2019. Oh, so it's coming up really So quick. it's coming up it's a couple really months fast, yeah. And so they went up in, in 2017 just to do as a, a little... Um, check out of it all and whatnot. Yeah, walk down to the area, see what it's like, and see what they're facing. And yeah, and they're expecting to be carrying the canoes up again in January 2019 in support of mental health. So that's that's going to be really cool. The logistics sponsors and an absurd amount of fitness training. Yeah, is what they've been going through. They figure how many days to do this from start to finish. I'm sure they said 33. 33 days. So 33 days. Is, um. Everest, Everest, uh, when people usually try to climb Everest, it's in the spring. It's like May, early yeah. to late May. Before I, I th- it gets it, totally it, thawed the, and yeah, it's, avalanches. And it's exactly, it's the window. It's, it's a typical weather window and that, that allows them to climb, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to be, they're going to be there and back before most people even start to, uh, you know, attack the, uh, the peak. Well, and that's it. I mean, they're just going to base camp. They're not actually going up the mountain itself. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind you, you take those I'm just, canoes up the top, that'd be one heck of a ride down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was relating to when everybody else is going to be there just for, because you really see base camp, the crowds would build at the time when people are going to make summit attempts, right? But oh, they're going to yeah, be see, there yeah. from... Uh, in did, January. Sometime in January to sometime in February, and then they're still March, April... And so, yeah, so they're not going to be, they're not really going to be affected by the crowds that are heading to base camp. No, they should be in and out long before the big crowds start, which would probably be uh, cool. So there's one place called, like I say, the trekkers usually fly from Kathmandu to Lukla. uh, And that's where they begin their their trek to base camp. And everybody treks there. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're listing this stuff. I did a little research here from Lukla. Climbers trek upward to the Sherpa capital of Namshi Bazaar, okay. 3,440 meters or 11,290 feet. So well, just getting you the, now we complain about like a 40 foot increase on a hill in a portage. Yeah. So 11,290 feet. Following the valley of the Dudkasi River. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm pronouncing all this wrong. Takes about two days to reach the village 
which is a central hub of the area. Typically at this point, climbers allow a day of rest for acclimatization because you got to think about that as well. So you got your pack, you've got a 30 pound canoe on and you're getting higher and higher. The oxygen is getting thinner and thinner. Yeah. So you got to think that's going to be taking a bit of a toll. Then they trek another two days to the Dingboshe, to Dingboshe, I guess it's another little village, 4,260 meters. So that's another... 13,980 feet. So I'm just doing some some looking here and uh, cabin pressurization, like people, when you you go on a plane, typically there's a certain altitude, like commercial flights are always pressurized. Right. But uh, like if you're a private pilot or whatever, uh, you have to have a pressurized cabin above 12,500 feet. So they're going to be, they're they're just hitting that lower edge of... uh, that, that lack of oxygen where you should be having oxygen, right? Well, then they go over it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and again, they rest another day for acclimatization. Yeah. And another two days takes them to Everest Base Camp. Yeah. So two, four, six, seven, eight days minimum. Yeah. Even if they, yeah. Yeah. So that's eight days minimum <laughs> to do that. If you're a slower walker, yeah. that sort of thing, it's going to take you a bit longer. So they're doing this, like I say, it just, this is what they focus on and this is what they, you know, that's, this is what brings them joy in their lives and stuff yeah. like that. Helping other people with mental, um, mental health problems and, and, and whatnot and, uh, linking it with natural disasters. And yes. this is like everything just, just fell right into place. So Koshish, this, this organization, the word itself means, uh, making an effort Okay. Which is, you know, there they, you go. they've working that right into there. And it sounds like it's going to be pretty good. Uh, I, I think they should be able to do that. Not a, you know, not a too big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Take your time. And like I say. It's a, it's pretty impressive to, for them to, and, and I'm, I've got more questions, but I just don't know, like, like for them to pick this, this route and base camp and they're going to portage canoes. It's a, it, it's seems to capitalize on gaining interest, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's different enough and, and it's such, it, it is a good cause, but it's different enough to actually grab people's attention and probably should help them, uh, fundraise for their, their ultimate goal of building this, uh, transit center. Yeah. And I think, uh, like I say, I mean, what you're building over there compared to what you'd be building here is night and day. It's apples you and know? oranges. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're yeah, going to yeah, build yeah. something over there a lot cheaper than you would over yeah. here. Right. So, I mean, you don't need the permits and all the extra little bits and, yeah. you know, it's not going to cost you half a million dollars yeah. to a million dollars to build something <laughs> over there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? I mean, between their three, I've, I've looked at enough information here to, to think this is sounding pretty cool to do. It's a really neat, uh, it's a really neat effort. It's uh, it's really different what they're doing. It's uh, I don't know if I could do it myself. It seems like it's a little challenging. Well, I wouldn't want to be doing it with all the extra weight. No. You know, oh. you're, you're sitting there and, oh yeah, you got that backpack is heavy enough. And then you throw another 30 pounds on top of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not my cup of tea. I might be getting porters to carry my stuff. Oh, I'd be looking for some place. <laughs> now there, uh, you watch the video. Uh, like I say, yeah. they did a dry run back in 2017 and there's a 20 minute video on their, their uh, website there. And you start looking at some of the scenery and whatnot. Oh, um, yeah, it's breathtaking. I, I would be more inclined to do the trip portaging a kayak. 
Uh, why? Because some of that white water they're coming down. <laughs> <laughs> I've I'd be making a pretty fast descent <laughs> back to town. You know, it's uh, there's some wild white water. Uh, well, there is a Nepal whitewater rafting company or something that there has is. invited us to come over or something if we yeah. ever have a chance. Yeah, <laughs> uh, paddle in Nepal. Yeah, and they're actually they're. Out of Kathmandu, four hours out okay. of Kathmandu. Oh, so perfect. And I think they're over that way. Yeah. See, we could, we should go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. So, so go to theweightwecarry.com and yep. check them out. If you think it's something you'd be interested in donating to, they got a little donate button. They got a who we are. They got an about us sort of thing and why why we're doing it and what we're hoping to accomplish. Like I say, if you start reading all their back history, uh, it sounds like this is something that they've just dedicated their life to helping other people. I mean, there's yes. worse things you could be yeah. doing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And check them out on Facebook and check them out on Instagram as well. Instagram's where I, I, I don't even know how I, I just, all of a sudden they just started. I don't oh, think, so I don't you think just they started follow cropping us. up and seeing it. Maybe they do follow us. I don't know. Huh. I'll have to check that out. But yeah, I just started seeing the pictures of this thing and I'm like, whoa, what's what's going on here? And So they've been planning this for a few years now. Oh the, yeah, they've been ch- planning this for a little while. But like I say, it's the fact that you're getting these canoes. They're going to be the first canoes up on Everest, I guess, on the mm-hmm. base camp of Everest anyway. And even, I mean, you look at some of the pictures that they've shown from their, their scouting trip is, I mean, that's pretty cool alone. Mm-hmm. So, and the fact, I, I don't know why they don't get little like wheels instead. <laughs> it's cheating. They can't do that. <laughs> Why? I get a little cart trail all the way, a 200 kilometer cart fill it, trail. Fill it with helium balloons. There you go. <laughs> See, there's got a way to get around it. <laughs> so yeah, check out the weightwecarry.com yeah. uh, on their, their, their website, their Facebook and their Instagram and see what they're all about. And it's, it's pretty cool. You say they're going to be able to follow you. So I don't know if they're going to be doing updates and stuff like that as they go. Oh, I'm sure they will be. Like it'll be, it's all part and parcel to the, uh, the, the, the raising money for this campaign that they're doing. Right. Yeah. So I'm sure they're going to be fully in touch. They're, it's, they're going to be fully up in the media and all the social media and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's how you keep in touch with people, the, the trials and tribulations of this, uh, of this trek that they're doing. It's going to, that's, what's going to draw people in, draw people's interest. And, and you know, it's, it's, that's, what's going to bring in the donation money. Well, it'd be interesting to see if they actually do anything with the the canoes themselves. Like, I mean, when you look at Mike Ranta, when he went across Canada, he's getting people to, like the last time, oh, he was getting it. the vets to sign. Exactly, right? yeah. So I wonder if they yeah. get people to do something, you know, um, with the with the the canoes and then maybe at the end auction them off or, or yeah, something yeah, like that to raise even more yeah. money sort of thing, right? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that was just ideas to, to, to get more <laughs> money in, so... Yeah. But interesting to see. I think we'll definitely follow these guys and see yes, what happens. Yes, it's fascinating. Uh, see about reaching out to them and have a little chit-chat with them. Like I say, they're out in, in Vancouver, so, uh, you know, a little distance away from us, so we're not yeah. doing coffee. But uh, <laughs> see if we can't chit-chat with them and uh, find out some more information. And I, I don't think I'll be calling them to do a, <laughs> no, a, a weekly might. interview when they're over there. Yeah, but, uh, long distance charges yeah, would kill us. Really long distance charges, yeah. <laughs> So check it out and uh, hopefully follow them along. And like I say, if you feel like donating a couple of shekels their way, uh, there's that uh, opportunity to do so on their yes. website. 
So let's take a quick break here and uh, we'll be back in a minute. Hey, this is Sean Rowley and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So I think that's about it uh, for this week, Derek. I don't think unless you got something else that you... No, I just want to go to home, go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a late night tonight, that's for sure. So, uh, well, if you want to find out more about us, uh, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there. You can find us on Facebook. There's even more stuff on there. Instagram and Twitter if you want to listen to all 143 episodes of Paddling Adventures Radio. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and now on Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> you can also find us on the episode page on paddlingadventuresradio.com. Yeah, Spotify is a big thing, man. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. Onwards and upwards, baby. <laughs> uh, other than that, I'd like to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>